Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The truth is out there, Dakota, but so are lies. Stay tuned to hear all about that on The Reluctant Historian. everybody, I'm Liz Lawson and this is our Reluctant Historian, Dakota Lawson. This is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. So, if you love history, or you absolutely hate it, this podcast is for you. Me? You pointed at me. <laughs> I don't like history. This podcast isn't for me. Or you absolutely <laughs> hate it. Oh, that's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> We would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement in recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Turtle Island. All right, Dakota, what are we talking about today? Well, I feel like you just told me that Santa Claus doesn't exist because you said that uh, l- that lies are existing. Spoiler alert, he does not. What? What? I'm a what? I'm a wizard. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, we're we're talking about uh, sightings of UFOs, I assume. Aliens. We're going to talk about aliens. Oh. Yeah, we talked about sightings last week. Y- yeah, sorry. I thought ago. this was... I guess, it, yeah, it is a two-parter. We talked about a two-parter. Yeah. I thought this was going to be just like about quick hits, because you said that you didn't do I didn't do any this. research this week. So this is going to be interesting. We'll see yes. how it goes. <laughs> I'm just going to talk off the top of my head. Okay, so we're talking about aliens. Yes. Yes. So actually, so... I'm going to cite my sources right now. This is all from one article. Wikipedia. <laughs> one article by a lady named Taylor Markarian. Uh, she was writing for ReadersDigest.com. This article is called 15 Most Chilling UFO Sightings Ever Recorded. But I'm going to skip over like the UFO sightings and just talk about the aliens or the abductions or the crop circles. And cool. I'm just going to read to you what she's written. Because I... <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> no, I'm not lazy. So here's the thing, Dakota. There is a lot going on in my life. Damn. Do you, oh, oh, do you know... I, mean, I, I feel like I just went to a... Uh, uh, to a fucking... What is it? Um, a fe- Like a feminist rally. <laughs> and, I, and I just said... I said... Uh, so who wants to make me a pie? Because <laughs> yeah, damn. That is the response that I'm giving to you. No, I have 120 students in my English 30A class. So that's grade 12. Why the fuck do you... So that's two classes, that's sorry, on, I should on, say. Those are on my online classes. I do not have time to be marking 120 literature essays and writing episodes for the podcast. Like, I... Damn. I am dying. I am dying. Like, listeners, Whoa. I am dying. Whoa, this is <laughs> so, getting pretty real. <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying. I'm really trying to give you that content that okay. you want. I, I do really love still doing the podcast, but, like, legitimately, this is hard. Like, this is, we are oh. in a really shitty situation in education right now, and this is really hard. So, vote for governments that support education is what I'm trying to say. Okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a different... Damn, that got... 
I was teasing you. I know. But you, it seemed like I struck <laughs> I a fucking you, nerve. Yeah, I think you might have, yeah. Jesus. Because I'm not lazy. Oh, man. What's your golden nugget? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry well, after that. Fuck me, am I right? Um, <laughs> I, my, I guess my golden nugget's a little bit loaded. Okay. Because it's of... It's a baked potato. No, I, I don't like baked potatoes. Gross. Um... Th- Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yes. Okay. So, the new Harry Potter game came out well, yep. last last month. Mm-hmm. And I bought it. Yes. First, I want to say fuck J.K. Rowling. Yes. She's uh, a terrible, shitty shit face. Yeah. Uh, it's tough because, uh, so this game, this game's amazing. It's it's one of, I say, I feel like I say this a lot, but it's one of the best games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and it's tough because when the people who were making this, J.K. Rowling had no, imp- like, no, maybe she was a consul- consultant at one point. I don't know. But she didn't have anything to do with the world that, or, like, the, the, the story that they created and the new characters. It's a prequel and stuff. So imagine being a developer who's just developing this game about this this magical world that we all, well, not all, we all, you don't love Harry Potter, but lots of <laughs> millions of people love. Yeah. And then J.K. Rowling gets on Twitter <laughs> yep. and just says those horrible things about trans people. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, I, this is something that, well, I can't imagine how trans fans of Harry Potter felt yeah. when it happened. Because it, it, me as a cis white male, <laughs> yeah, it hit me hard. And I was like, I went through a lot of process, like thoughts like, can I even like Harry Potter anymore? This mm-hmm. is partially shaped who I yeah. I am as a person. Yeah. And uh, I eventually came to, and it's each each person individually can decide mm-hmm. where they're at. And if you don't want to support Harry Potter and like Harry Potter and think that's fine. I love the world that was created by this terrible person. So I think there's definitely like space to have nuanced conversations like you're having. And I think that you talking about it and thinking about it and understanding your privilege and all of it, I think is a good first step. And I don't think that for you to buy the game is a bad thing. And I think, you know, using your platform to be like, because we have such a huge huge platform, but (laughs) to use your platform to call out shitty situations like that, well, to call out shitty people like that and be like, that's not acceptable. It's not appropriate behavior and like be better. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm playing this game and it's, it's incredible. They actually, I I like, uh, they, they actually have a trans character in Mm -hmm. the game. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't read much gaming news anymore, but I heard some people weren't show with it i i i didn't like about the how that was done and stuff like that but i didn't read anything into that i just know what i witnessed was um the barkeep was uh was a trans person and she defended me from these like dark wizards that were coming into the bar and she mm-hmm. was like a, just a badass um so this is a long tangent but uh, fuck jake rolling this is a masterful game that uh has really just like i don't know the dream of getting to explore hogwarts right and being i finally got my letter so yeah i thought i was gonna get one at 11 that's legit i yeah. thought that was gonna Aww, happen baby dakota 
Yes, yes, me <laughs> as eleven year old with just a Mama, where's my letter? <laughs> yeah. And so. I think like one thing kinda too, like you say they were developing like the game developers were developing this before yeah. Rowling ever did. So like, where does that fit into it? Do you just say, sorry, you don't have a career anymore in game development because this thing that you'd put all your money in, if we all cancel the game, mm-hmm. like, what happens to those people? Like, oh, it's just, totally. I don't know. It's it's really not to say that what she's saying is correct. And she's got problematic allusions yeah. in her stories anyways. Like, um, I don't remember her name, but Cho. Oh, Cho Chang. Yeah, like, that's yeah. such a, like, that's, yeah. like, so stereotypical, like, Oh, I'm going to have an Asian character. I can't think of a yeah. name. Cho Chang? Like, yeah. come on now. But anyways, this is going to be a heavy episode, apparently. I guess so. <laughs> it's a great game, though. Good. It's a great game. What's yeah. your uh, What's your gold nugget? Yeah, so I was going to have a lump of coal. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in my... Uh, was, was the listeners are going to kill themselves. <laughs> they might. Well, so yesterday we found out that Jasper has a heart murmur. And that was really hard. Yeah. He um so jasper my uh firstborn uh son you birthed him yourself yeah yeah out of my pangus uh he uh yeah he you know he's uh 11 or 12 now we don't know the exact age but um yeah so yeah it has a heart murmur and we're always expecting like always taking him to the vet and he always uh you know is perfectly uh perfectly healthy like way above way above what he should yeah they're be. always like oh he's like so healthy he's so like young and spry and then yeah like he's still young like he's still spry and jumps around and they said he's very fit but yeah no so he has a a heart murmur which could be nothing mm-hmm. um but you know it just makes you yep. start thinking about he's older and yeah and he's he's gonna we're gonna get him x-rayed on tuesday and uh yeah uh go from there hope like hopefully it's you know not a big deal maybe he'll be on medication and that's fine too yeah like that's like i think worst case scenario is that they put him on that he has this degenerative heart disease and oh that's worst case scenario yeah oh i can deal with that (laughs) jeez i thought i thought worst case scenario is that he's close to death (laughs) no 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 i guess i didn't clarify that yesterday since i was spent the whole day fucking sobbing and woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't sleep because i was crying my eyes out but um no i think and I could be wrong because I wasn't listening super carefully because, again, I was just sobbing in the vet clinic. But uh, worst case scenario is that he has this degenerative disease and then we put him on the meds and that's been proven to extend their life. But she kept telling me it's not a death sentence. As, as Why does she keep saying that? Because <laughs> I was literally, Dakota, oh, like sobbing my really? eyes out. Like I was a uh. mess. Like the poor receptionist, as I was paying, she's like, uh. like I couldn't see because I was crying so much and like my hands were shaking like I couldn't tap the, uh, the 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 pay thing, and the the receptionist was like, um, like it's okay. I was. This is above my pay grade. Yeah, so I think that's why she kept saying it was the vet kept being like it's not a death sentence. Yeah, I uh, I really wish I was there for that one. <laughs> no, 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 to to help you. I know, I know. But I forgot and yeah. scheduled myself a haircut. You did. <laughs> Well, but that's like, we always think he's so healthy right yeah. so yeah yeah but anyways let's move on let's to try to lift up the spirit a bit <laughs> what do you yeah. got yeah okay so like i said i'm gonna just read some of these facts they're not like super in depth so maybe maybe i'll do a little bit of research or you can type in some research if we're like oh we'd like to know more about that or something but mm-hmm. um yeah so i'm just gonna read some of these 
And then we can talk about them. Okay, so, sounds good. Betty and Bernie Hill. I'm going to quote, I guess, directly from these. That's okay. You are not lazy and you do a great job. Thank you. I respect you as a person and a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So this is one of the most famous UFO and alien abduction cases in history. Uh, Betty and Barney Hill were driving on a road in New Hampshire at night when a bright light seemed to start following them. When they eventually got home, it was daylight. Their clothes were dirty and ripped, their watches had stopped working, and they couldn't remember a thing. During sessions with a psychiatrist, they later recalled being probed and violated by aliens during an abduction. The case was investigated by Project Blue Book. Project Blue Book. Yeah, that's, we talked about them last week. Okay. Project Blue Book. I don't remember, but okay. Yeah, so. So, so is that it? Can I? Yeah, go. So, <laughs> where were they coming from? Did it say anything about that? Or? No, but I actually yeah. am opening up the, I opened up the history.com okay. link that this linked to. So, sure. they were it, driving down an empty winding country road in New, ha- New Hampshire in the White Mountains, September night, 1961. Hadn't seen a car for miles, um, but then there's a strange light in the sky following them. Mm. And then the next thing they know, it's ne- morning. And they're home and they feel dirty. Um, their watches stopped working. Barney's shoes were scuffed. Betty's dress was ripped. And there's two hours of the drives that they cannot remember. Uh, hmm. Oh, so here we go. With the help of the psychiatrist, they revealed a startling story. Gray beings with large eyes had walked them into a metal disc as wide, Betty said, as her house was long. Once inside, the beans examined the couple and erased their memories. What year was this? 61. <sighs> I'm very curious when the typical what you would think an alien looks like got created. Yeah, I think like around this. You think so? Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know, that that seems too what you expect. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, gray or gray, green, whatever. Aliens are like with these things with these fucking big ass eyes took me into a saucer. I mean, it's too like, I don't know. I think someone put something in their drink, personally. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of things that, that could have been, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the f- most famous one, and I think that's really? where we get the whole idea of, like... You think so? Yeah. Th- they're gray beans with gray with big eyes, because that's... Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's number one. Maybe I'm going to have to, like, look into more of these next week. It'd be like... A three-parter? <laughs> yeah, we'll just... We'll... Just, we'll uh... We're now an alien podcast. They're out there, okay? (laughs) So Barbara Lamb and the Lizard Man. (laughs) A woman named Barbara Lamb, a psychotherapist who observed crop circles, claimed that a reptilian figure appeared in her house one day. He was tall and had piercing yellow eyes. Normally not fond of lizards and snakes, the reptile appeared friendly and welcoming to Lamb, so she reached out to touch his hand. Then the Lizard Man vanished as suddenly as he appeared. Whoa. He was just, so he was like a big, like it was the size of a man? Yeah, like a tall lizard man in her house. But like, why? Why did he just show up there? Why did she reach out to his hand? Even oh, if she says... Even though if he seemed he friendly. Seemed friendly and welcoming. Yeah, I would still... If a giant lizard person just showed up in your house, you're yeah. like, hello. Yeah, like, like I don't <laughs> I don't think I'd be like, you know, trying to touch him or anything. He's... He might have diseases. I don't know. He's probably fucking Godzilla's teenage son or something. Well, and like often lizards and snakes have E. coli, so... E. coli. Wait, no, that's... Re- <laughs> that's Ricola. Ricola. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy as hell. Yeah. Okay, I, I mean... I couldn't imagine a lizard man just showing up in my yeah. house. Also, why lizard men? I thought they lived in our, like, the center in of our, the earth. Oh, I, w- ran... I, w- I was going to say, 
in our in Parliament. That too, Am I run. right? Yeah, man. These lizards. Uh, where show us your fucking uh, emails, Hillary. New world order. Hillary uh, uh, or world Liz- economic lizardry. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. In September of 1994, several UFOs allegedly hovered near a school in Ruwa, Zimbabwe. The children who observed these UFOs were terrified when they were asked to explain what had happened. They described beings with big heads, no nose, just two holes, no mouth, and long black hair. The children said they were dressed in dark suits and communicated telepathically. I think it's about something that's going to happen, said one little girl. What I thought was maybe the world's going to end. They were telling us the world's going to end. I don't even know. It just popped up in my head. He never said anything. He just talked with his eyes. <laughs> so here's here's one thing that yeah. I learned about um, aliens is that... Okay, so this is going to be a little bit of science for you here. But okay. all life on our planet comes from pretty much one organism. And that's why all life on our planet has like the same features of the two eyes, the nose in the middle, and a mouth. Right? Like Whoa, you really? think of pretty much any being. Yeah. Like single-celled organisms obviously are a little bit different. Yeah. But the majority of we any type of that. life, yes, yeah. it's got the two eyes, a nose and a mouth, ears on the side. And the four hearts, yeah. stomachs, I mean. <laughs> yeah, we all have that. Yeah. Which, which says to scientists that that probably came from somewhere and so that is unique to Earth. So other planets that have life wouldn't have that same type of organism. So evolution wouldn't work the same way. So there's like... Whatever grows in these other worlds in forms of life would not have the same features. They wouldn't have the two eyes, the nose, the mouth. Like, it would be completely different. Like, just something that we can't even fathom in terms of evolutionary. Whoa. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So... Man, that's science with Liz, I guess. Yeah. That's that's, that's fascinating. So, uh... So, it's unlikely if you see an alien and you're like, oh, it's got two eyes, like the two big eyes. Yeah you're probably something else is going on because just scientifically that just wouldn't or evolutionarily. So something like, as in it's probably not what it actually is. It's probably not an alien. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Now, if you see some weird, like maybe gas floating through the air, trying to like eat you. There was fog coming through the city yesterday. So, okay. So these, these aliens showed up and they've got long hair and wearing, wearing suits. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) they're like, we're, we're going through our uh, our long hair phase right now, uh, and then we're the hippies. suits things. Yeah, they're like <laughs> they show up and we're like, we are the men in black. We <laughs> okay. The O'Hare International Airport saucer. I've never heard of this one. On November seventh, two thousand and six, United Flight four four six was about to depart from Chicago's O'Hare International Airport when a dozen United Airlines employees spotted an odd metallic craft hovering over the gate. The employees reported that it hung in the air for several minutes before finally shooting up at a breakneck speed into the clouds. The strangest part? The UFO did not register on the airport's radar, despite all of the witnesses. The FAA declined to investigate, chalking it up to a weather phenomenon. Of course, that's that's what they would say. Uh, when you said shooting up, I was picturing this UFO just being like tying its arm <laughs> off and just ha- having a needle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting high, man. Yeah, just getting high. I'm shooting up. The Melbourne 350. So Melbourne, Australia. I've heard of that place. Okay. More than 300 students and teachers of Westall High School in Melbourne, Australia, saw an unbelievable sight on April 6, 1966. They were all looking incredulously at five planes that were attempting to corner and capture a UFO. What the fuck? (laughs) This went on for a while before the UFO zipped away out of sight. 
It is reported that the headmaster of the school and even strange men in black suits told the students and teachers never to say anything about it, even though it was witnessed by hundreds of people. Crikey. That's that's pretty damn crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> I know I joked about the men in black, but damn. <laughs> they do exist. Yeah. Do they also, do they also have long hair and beady large eyes? Okay. Robert Matthews and Missing Time. An airman named Robert Matthews got off a bus in Cape Cod, Massachusetts to report for his first tour of duty back in 1966. Matthews saw strange lights appearing in the deserted area where the bus driver told him to call and wait for a truck to pick him up and take him to base. Afraid, he used a payphone to call the base a second time, what he thought was five minutes later. The person who answered the phone told him that the truck had arrived to pick him up five minutes after he got off the bus, but that the driver couldn't find Matthews. In actuality, an hour separated these two phone calls. This phenomenon is called missing time and is commonly associated with alien abduction cases. Maybe he just has ADHD and like is time maybe, blind. Maybe. Or or just like aliens like are just really big into roofing people cuz why is there always <laughs> well, or, else... or just the trauma from getting a well, big thing say, shoved up your ass. I was going to say how else can they probe them? If they don't roofie them, how are they going to probe them? What do you mean? They're aliens. I'm sure they could overpower them. And then anally probe them. Maybe they're nice they're... in putting them to sleep. Maybe I hope that's true. Yeah, they're we're, we're a nice guy. We're gonna we're gonna put you to sleep before we anally probe you. They show up in suits and fedoras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the Broadhaven Primary School drawings. In 1977, a group of children from the Broadhaven Primary School claimed to have seen a UFO near their playground. The teachers of the school refused to believe them, but when the children were separated and asked to draw pictures of the experience, they all came up with the same drawing of a flying saucer. Ooh. Ooh, spooky. Or they're just being goddamn kids, and they're like, let's just copy of each other. Well, no, they were separated. Oh, sorry, I missed that part. Clearly, I wasn't listening. (laughs) Okay. The Frederick Valentich disappearance. Australian pilot Frederick Valentich was flying over the base strait Bass Strait, over the Bass Strait, when he encountered something that he couldn't identify. He got on his radio to notify air control when there was a, that there was a strange vessel, the likes of which he had never seen before, circling him, as if taunting him. It is hovering and is not an aircraft, were the last words that Valentich said before he and his plane disappeared forever? Oh. Sorry, I like... <laughs> damn. My voice started to change. I was like, what? <laughs> so, like, that's kind of spooky. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, fucking Bermuda Triangle, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, that was your theory. Yeah, my but theory. He... I thought of it. No one else. <laughs> I don't know where the base straight is, though. Where is the base straight? Let's find out. Okay. Oh, it's over. Um, so the base straight is a channel that separates Victoria, Australia from the island of Tasmania. Oh, so he was over the ocean. That's where the Bermuda Triangle is, over the ocean. The yeah. one of them. Yeah, not near Australia, though. Shh. Okay. Okay, Fred Chrisman and Harold Dahl. In 1947, Harold Dahl was out on the Puget Sound with his son and his dog. Dahl saw six strange aircraft overhead, one of which fell an estimated 1,500 feet out of the sky and into the water below. The metal debris hurt his son and killed his dog. Oh, fuck me. I hate that. (laughs) God. Dahl told his supervisor at work, Fred Chrisman, what had happened, and Chrisman came and verified it for himself. Soon afterward, a man in a black suit. What the fuck is these black suited men? Supposedly came to Dahl and warned him not to speak of the incident again. Oh, it is said that this incident inspired the movie Men in okay. Black. That's, okay, I was I was kind of wondering, and this, this is going to make it sound like I 
right the coattails of this but i was like all these black suited things they were before men in black is that what led up to yeah i think maybe men in black yeah so, all yeah. these black well i don't know why would i guess why do you have to wear a black suit though to talk about aliens why are you not in a black suit <laughs> i i am i always dress up for this <laughs> podcast okay all right the washington merry-go-round Okay. A 1952 incident where seven unidentified objects appeared over secure airspace near the Pentagon was captured on film. The crafts were registered on radar and jets were immediately sent to investigate these suspicious strange crafts. However, when the American jets approached that airspace, those seven objects disappeared from the radar. When the jets landed, the objects returned to the radar screen once more. President Harry S. Truman was notified, and Air Force Intelligence Director General Sanford held a press conference saying that there were reports made by credible observers of relatively incredible things. It's this group of observations that we are attempting to resolve. There was no resolution. So we don't know what those seven unidentified objects over secure airspace in the Pentagon hmm. were. That's all I got. Hmm. I don't hmm. know. Okay. Japan Airlines Flight 1628. In 2001, former FAA official John Callahan told a conference of high-ranking officials that in 1986, Japan Airlines Flight 1628 was on its way from Paris to Tokyo when crew members spotted several UFOs. The Japan Airlines crew called in multiple UFOs surrounding the plane, including one that was four times their own size. They made an emergency landing in Anchorage, Alaska, where the ground crew confirmed the sighting. And then what happened? Uh I, I don't know. <laughs> so they were just like, yes, this happened in 1986. And then that was it. That was it. Then, and a bunch of people saw this. Yeah. Huh. And how come we've never like heard of it? Yeah, I don't. That's really weird. Seems like a government conspiracy to me. I would guess so. Okay. The Muscarello, Muscarello Exeter incident. It was 1965 in Exeter, New Hampshire, when a hitchhiker named, oh, that's kind of close to where the Barney and Betty were stolen from. <gasps> Yeah, when a hitchhiker named Norman Muscarello saw five strange red flashing lights in the woods. The source of the light suddenly came towards him at a frightening speed. Muscarello dove into a ditch to avoid being hit before flagging down a motorist. The police investigated the area and they too saw the same aircraft with the same bright red light speed off out of sight. Okay, we've got two more left. Okay. A knock on Rick Sorrell's door. In 2008, an unfathomably large aircraft hovered above Stephenville, Texas. Many people in the community saw it, and according to the Mutual UFO Network, a pilot named Stephen Allen reported that the unusual aircraft was flying at an estimated 3,000 miles per hour. That's so fast. That, I mean, they must have NOS on there. <laughs> and was being chased by fighter jets. <laughs> by by uh, Maverick, I would assume. Yes. <laughs> then a man named Nick... Kitch. Then... <laughs> then a man named Rick Sorrells said he saw the same thing while hunting. Later, Sorrells says a strange man knocked on his door and said, Son, we have the same caliber weapons you have, but we have more of them. You need to shut your mouth up about what you saw. <laughs> and and he, Rick said, Why are you calling me son? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your son. <laughs> this is a, presumably an alien that said this? Uh, I'm guessing it's like a government person. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Because I see this Rick guy, he probably, I don't know, he seems like he'd be in 50s or 60s, just by his name. Yeah. But, but <laughs> I don't know, it's weird if somebody around the same age calls him son. Or younger. Yeah. Okay, this is the last one. Okay. Richard French and the Drowned UFOs. In the 1950s, it was Lieutenant Colonel Richard French's job to explain away UFO phenomena for the government. There was only one problem. Lieutenant Colonel French actually saw alien ships with his own <laughs> eyes. 
At a citizen's hearing on disclosure in 2013, the then 83-year-old man told the truth for the first time about what he saw as a young man in the waters of St. John's, Newfoundland. Two UFOs that had crashed and sunk in the water and aliens trying to fix them. I had heard this story before. They succeeded and took off. He didn't mention UFOs in his report at the time. That's (laughs) so interesting because it's like, that's one of those stories that, you know, it goes again, like, you know, uh, he's supposed to be a company man, and then he like he like decides he's like you know what I'm not gonna be this shill anymore. I'm gonna tell the truth, you know. I saw UFOs in the lake, and aliens were trying to fix it. Yeah, and then what happened to him after? <laughs> I don't know. That was 2013, so he's probably dead. Uh, now. That was really that reason. Yeah, 2013. So it sounds like his entire life he was being told he's yeah. not su- he's supposed to suppress it. Yeah, but he's like I can't because I actually saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> Yeah. He's supposed supposed to suppress it, and then he finally is like, "Okay, guys, I'm gay. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> there, I said it. Yeah, enough suppressing it. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's all I got from this uh, Reader's Digest article. So, Dakota, what do you think? I mean, I feel like I could have doubt like gone in more depth into some of these because I think some of them would have been like very interesting and spooky. Yeah, they they were they were all right. I'm you know it's it wasn't bad because i i like it. aliens you know i mm, hope to make one my lover one day what after you're dead don't worry oh okay <laughs> the right answer I guess. i'm just picturing the scenario of after you're dead <laughs> the aliens <laughs> will show up to uh, both of us and i'll be like kill her <laughs> <laughs> they kill you and i'll be like oh good now we can make love. now we can be lovers <laughs> yes. yes but um i give this one Six fucking aliens, which could be six fucking aliens. Yeah. Or six fucking aliens. That's, it could be. It could be. Yeah. Out of ten. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we've had a rough weekend. Yes. <laughs> Our energy's off. It's fine. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for this week. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us. If you enjoyed listening to what we had to say, maybe you didn't because this was a wah, wah. <laughs> Listen to listen to our Disney episode. There we go. If you enjoyed listening to what we had to say, please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review or tell your friends about us because indie podcasts really do grow through word of mouth. And if you haven't already drove your car off a bridge, you can follow us on Instagram at the Reluctant Historian or leave a tip at buymeacoffee.com/slash/thehistorian. So we'll see you in two weeks, same time, same place. <laughs> <laughs>